Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad that you are wherever you might be listening across the country today, whether it's online or on the Super Talk Mississippi network of stations. The Eagle Hour, I'm Kelly Sander, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Our colleague Luke Johnson from the same studios in Laurel. We're about to, ready to talk to Frank Gore Jr. here. The uh, face of Southern Miss football really for the past three years. But this reminder that the first segment of the program brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Now, I don't know if they do Christmas geese or whatever. Didn't they do, didn't they used to like in the old stories, Michael, they had the yeah, Christmas the poor goose? poor people ate the goose. Oh, did they? Rich people ate the turkey. Okay. All right. Well, whatever whatever bird you might be into, I'm sure that uh, that Dickie's can uh, smoke it just the way you want it, just in time for the Christmas holidays or all those side dishes um, that they've got for you, too. For you to enjoy. All right, Frank Gore Jr. joins us now on the on the telephone. Uh, rushing, get this season now for Southern Miss: two hundred and thirty-one attempts rushing for eleven hundred and thirty-one yards, ten touchdowns on the ground. He was a pass receiver, making twenty-seven catches for a total of two hundred twenty-one yards. Racked up three more touchdowns. So a total of 13 touchdowns on the year. And just a couple of days ago announced that he would forego his one year of eligibility uh, to make way for the NFL draft, to make himself eligible for the NFL draft. And Frank Gore Jr., we welcome you and thank you for being the face of Southern Miss football for the past three years. Uh, hey, how you guys doing, man? It's an honor to have you. Well, t- tell us about what you had to go through decision-wise now to come upon this decision that you're going to give the NFL to go. Obviously, you've got the pedigree, but it still couldn't be that that easy of a decision, or was it? Take us through it. Uh, yeah, it was a very hard decision on one going pro. Uh, of course, I have things that I still want to accomplish at the collegiate level, but um, you're not going to be able to play football forever, so I feel uh, coming to the conclusion with my family, we just wanted to Try to get in while I'm healthy and try to start start a start a new journey. And hopefully, I can get a championship there. And just trying to do what's right for for me, uh, uh, me individually and and my family. Yeah, with the last name that you have, uh, of course, your your resume on the field speaks for itself. But it certainly doesn't hurt having a last name Gore. Or does that raise the bar and level of expectations from NFL scouts? 
Uh, I, I'm not sure of what they expect of me, but I just try to go out there and be myself. Um, try to provide for my teammates and my team. Uh, try not worry about my last name so much and just try to try to have an impact of my own. I'll say. So this season went, and Will Hall was the first one to admit it. Will Hall said that this is a very disappointing season. Didn't go the way that anybody had hoped it would. How did you deal with it, Frank? How did you deal with it emotionally and mentally, knowing that the team probably had better talent than the record probably indicated? Uh, yeah, we for sure had better talent than what what what. But we went through some hard times. We went through some injuries. We went through some. Uh, it takes a lot to have a winning season. It takes a lot to go right. It takes a lot to go wrong to have a losing season as well. But uh, I, I'll just say, like, it was tough. But me loving the uh, loving my teammates and loving my coaches, uh, it was fun. I'll say it was fun to be able to be in a hole with them and no one turned their back. It was, it was, it was. I was happy to see that every day everyone came to work, no matter what our record was or no matter how the game, how the outcome went, no matter who got the ball the most. So everyone was just ready to, uh, I'll say, play their role, I'll say. Well, Luke Johnson, it would have been in this transfer portal era, it would have been real easy for Frank Gore to cut bait, so to speak, but he was black and gold all the way through. Yeah, Frank, I, I want to give you an opportunity, and, and I've got I've told some people you were on today, and people are just saying, hey, tell him thank you. <laughs> thank you for what he's done. And I can remember <laughs> on this, uh, this show, man, when – when you flipped from Florida Atlantic uh, to, to Southern Miss, how excited we were! Um, your career, uh, you end as a top three rusher, but but kind of kind of talk to our fans. It was wild your first year. I mean, head coach leaves after the first game. You've got three different head coaches over the course of a season, and I mean, you can be honest with us right now. I mean, were there doubts in your mind that you'd pick the right place in Hattiesburg in your freshman year? Um, never doubts because. Uh, I felt like I found myself. Uh, I was happy here. Um, met new friends, made new relationships, and I was just in a great, a great time in my life. So I didn't look about. I didn't look ab- about like losing our coach and all that stuff because that's part of the business. Everyone's going to lose a coach. Everyone's going to lose a uh, coach that they had a great relationship with. That's part of a business. But so I didn't look about it. I had to look at all the things outside of football. How how was I doing mentally? How was I doing physically? And that just made me understand, like, man, I like this place. I love this place, and I want to be here all four years. And that's something I prided myself on, on not being able to run away from challenges. It's really refreshing to hear you say that. I mean, I grew up as a – we were talking off air. I, I grew up as a Southern Miss guy from the very beginning, and, and I played uh, at, at Southern Miss. And to see you basically a kid from, from Florida take on ownership and, and the love for Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I do want our, our listeners also to to be very mindful, and, and this is your opportunity to, to share it as well. Uh, come back in Coach Hall's first year, you get a new head coach, and you know, of course, you're going to be a very valuable centerpiece of of his offense. And it, it got rough in in your your uh, your sophomore year, and uh, we were talking about it off air. You know, you kind of just made it emphatic to everybody else in the first year of a, you know of a transfer portal area that you were sticking in Hattiesburg. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was. Um, I just wanted to let my teammates know that going into the off season that that I'll be there and I'm not something that the team should worry about whether I'll be here or not, whether I'll transfer. So I just wanted to let my guys know, let my teammates know that I got their back and I'm going to work as hard as we could to get this get this thing turned around. What what was it about Will Hall, you know, that, that factored into that decision and, you know, as well as Southern Miss factoring into that decision? 
Uh, Coach Hall's a loving guy, man. He he really cares for his players. I'll say like he'll go out his way for any player, no matter if you're a starter or a walk on. Like he loves, he tries building a relationship with everyone. And our relationship wasn't always the best, but I understood where he was coming from, and he helped me understand like. Man, it's so much bigger than just football and life that one day that this football is going to stop and there's still going to be people who count on you. So, because I was a very big, a very, very big part of me just being able to, to develop as a young man, I'll say. Not, uh, I feel like I was always a pretty good football player, but just from the um, maturity standpoint, like in life, because all helped me grow a lot, I'll say. Kelly? Well, Frank, as you go forward now, you, you do have a year of eligibility left. And, of course, a lot of guys are getting their diplomas and now deciding to, to move on. Everybody wants to play in the NFL. I mean, anybody that's ever played college football you know, wants to play in the NFL. That's the dream from the time you're a little kid. But it's not quite that simple. So take us through um, the process of declaring for the NFL draft. You know, what are you hearing? What does your road look like now for the next uh, you know, four or five months before the draft in April? Uh, I'm gonna go down and train with my trainer. Uh, start. I'm sorry. Starting next week, um, and just putting everything in God's hands. I don't know what the future may hold. Um, I got a lot of good feedback, a lot of bad feedback as well. But so who knows how it's gonna be? But uh, I'm just blessed to be able to be in this position, and I'm gonna put my best effort forward to be able to try to be able to make make an NFL team and play in the NFL one day. Any any thought of the positive feedback that you're getting? Has anybody said, well, Frank, maybe we see you at, at, at this position, or is it always going to be a guy toting the rock? Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people said I'm, I'm a very good player. They they like my um, intangibles. Uh, they they like they also respect my loyalty as well to Southern Miss. Um. I talk, yeah, been, that's mostly been it uh, about good players, but they question a lot of stuff, but uh, I'll, I'll make it right. Yeah, it's, it's a business now, and certainly nobody knows it uh, better than your dad. So where does he fit in this advice puzzle? Uh, we talk every day. Uh, he just say it's going to be a lot of naysayers. He, 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 he knows how it feels to be doubted. So he just say every day when you come to work, put that in the back of your mind and just and just have that extra motivation and control what you can control. To to a Southern Miss fan that you might see on the street now that that is you know thinking about the team next year and the year after that, what what do you tell them? Do you like the talent that's in the cupboard now? How good can this team be next year in your opinion? Um, they have the wherever they want to go, whatever they whatever whatever they look forward to being, they could be for sure. Um, this is a very talented team. Very young team. Uh, the team took a lot of steps forward at the end of the season because a lot of the young guys had to play. So next year, that'll just help them be better because they already experienced a lot of stuff in game. So I just feel like this team is very talented. Uh, got uh, three good quarterbacks. Uh, got a great quarterback coming in. Great young O lineman. Um, great. Uh, the running back room is great. Uh, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, Frank. Yeah, hold hold that thought just a second. Can you hang out for just a little while longer? Okay. Okay, good deal. Frank uh, Gore Jr. joins us on the Eagle Hour, and we'll continue our discussion with one of the Southern Miss greats after these commercial messages. 
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Still to come on this Tuesday, we'll be talking with Corey Reynolds, the head football coach at West Jones High School after uh, the Mustangs secured their state championship over the weekend. Uh, Some Southern Miss talk in there. And we'll also be updating other news around the Sun Belt. The bowl schedule is now set. Talk a little bit about the coaching searches at other schools that are looking for coaches, including James Madison in the Sun Belt. This segment brought to you by Campus Bookmart. Open 24 hours a day at campusbookmart.net. That's campusbookmart with a T, dot net. You can uh, do all your Southern Miss shopping online 24-7, or you can stop by the bright yellow building across from the main campus on Hardy Street. You can't miss them. Whether your budget is $5 for Dirty Santa all the way up to uh, however much you want to spend, they can take care of the Golden Eagle fan in your life at Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. Continuing our discussion with Frank Gore Jr., who has been the, the face and the feet, if you will, of Southern Miss uh, football the past uh, three years or so, who was really able to, to uh, dodge any major injuries. But, you know, you're, you're coming out of study hall today, Frank. you got finals this week. You're going to graduate with a sports administration degree. And whenever football ends for you, it's, you're going to turn right around and, and give, give back to the community. Tell us, tell us what might happen sooner or later down the road for you. Yes, sir. I just want to take all the knowledge that I know and put it into the kids and take all the hard work and how I know how to work as well and just try to teach as much as possible to the, to the younger, to the youth. Uh, I'll try to be a high school coach, uh, hopefully a head coach, if not an OC or DC. And I just want to uh, be able to give back to the younger, to the younger guys. Man. So so someday you might be the head, co- the, the head coach of the Killian Cougars down in Miami, your alma mater. Yes, sir. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yes. Bring bring us our first state championship. That has never happened. Killian's never won one. Uh, not 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 since I can remember. Okay. All right. Well, you got a pretty good. You got a probably pretty... back in my probably back in my dad's time. Oh gosh, way back when all pictures were in black and white, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, no color pictures back then. Well, Luke, it's uh, he's been he's been something both as a as a as a receiver and a runner for Southern Miss. Absolutely. Let's let's talk a little, Frank, about some memories for you. Uh, I want to get to the Rice Bowl game here in just a minute. It's just a absolutely career day for you. But what what was more fun to you? Um, breaking one like you did uh, the last time against Troy, or hitting somebody over the top when, in a super back pass. I'll definitely say the super back pass. Why is that? Uh, I'll say it, it, it wasn't as expected. Like it wasn't as expected as me breaking like a forty or fifty yard run. Uh, no one really expected me to be able to throw the ball like forty yards, fifty yards down the field. So I'll say, yeah, it was more, it was least more. I mean, least expected. So that's why I like to shock people. Yeah, and, and, you know, remind our listeners, you know, back in 2021, your sophomore year, we had so many injuries at the quarterback position. I don't, I don't think anybody – you had change over your true freshman year at head coach and then your, your sophomore year, you know, with quarterback, it forced us into it. And, and what was it like down the stretch in uh, your sophomore season where basically you were playing quarterback almost every play? I mean, you were the de facto quarterback of, of Southern Miss. That was very fun. 
So I like being able to have the ball snapped in my hands every play, rather if I'm just handing it off or throwing the ball or running it. Uh, I I feel like I'll be able to make the right, the best decisions for us to win. So, yeah, I had, I had a very, like, four games, three games. I had a lot of fun. My teammates had a lot of fun, and that was just a great time. You know, just staying healthy is the biggest piece of the puzzle lots of times with what you do for a living. And, and anybody that's been to a Southern Miss practice, Frank, knows that you're always the last one off the field. After everybody else has kind of gone into the locker room, you'll do your sprints, you'll do your stretches, things like that. Where where did you learn that, and, and how how do you look upon your body, so to speak? Uh, I always just want to do. I know I'm 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 not I'm a smarter guy, so I always just want to do more than what everyone else would do because that's going to set set me apart from everyone. I feel like um, having my body right and just having my way right uh, will help will take me a long way alongside my talent on Saturday. So I just tried to make sure I stayed on top of that and tried to just make sure I did the little things right. And as as training and so on has, has progressed, nutrition and food is, is all a big part of it as well, it seems to me. Uh, I'm still working on that part. I have a hard time. Uh, I, did, I did like a meal plan last summer, and I, I had a hard time just staying, of course, and eating the food. But um, that's something I'm working on for sure. My, Man, I'm my diet and yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that <laughs> because everybody... Kelly's been working on that for sixty years. Yeah, Frank, so that's encouragement <laughs> to it. <laughs> I so I haven't mastered it either, buddy. I haven't mastered it either. If I want a hamburger, we're gonna, we're gonna I'm gonna get, get it right. Point... Yeah, if I want a hamburger, twenty twenty four, we're gonna get it right. Okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> hey, um, Frank, going back to that, I think a lot of people, you know thought uh, and, and realized over your career how hard it was for people to bring you down. And I think a lot of people underestimated, you know, the power in your legs. And they were even against, you know, I, I last saw you play a couple weeks ago against Troy. I mean, you were moving piles of two or three defenders. And I think that's something you took great pride in over your career. Yes, sir. What? Um, what? Go ahead. I always wanted to show how, how much I, how hard I worked in the weight room. So whether that was just picking up a blixer or – Moving piles or and just finishing runs, uh, I work I work extremely hard in the weight room to be able to to maintain during the season and do things in that such. Very uh, very obvious you did that. And the other thing you were known for is just that step man in the open field. I mean you would you would turn guys in three three sixties. I mean they would go around in circles. You and I want to go back to to, to the rice game. Let, let me ask you that first. That that is your staple move. Like, how early did you develop that? Oh, I always had that move since I was like four years old. Did it, did it just become? Ball, man. Yeah, did it, did it just? It's something that you intentionally worked on, or it just it got to where it was a natural reaction. It came. I worked. I mean, it, it was natural at first, and then. All right, so growing up, I had to play with my older cousin. So in order for me to get picked, I had to bring something to the table. <laughs> and that was my that was how I was able to be able to get picked, by making people miss. And I guess I developed that move from playing with them, and then I worked on it and worked on it and kept it sharp and Absolutely. sharpened it more. 
Good stuff. Well, it, it, I want to talk about the Rice game for you. I think you demonstrated that move probably ten times in that game. But that was a night you threw for a touchdown. Uh, you ran for 329 yards. You averaged 15.7 yards a carry and uh, and two touchdowns. Walk us through that night. A uh, very great night to be the Southern Miss Eagle. Um, our first bowl game in, since, like, 2016, 2017. So uh, I just knew getting into that bowl game, whatever had to happen, like, we had to make it happen because, like, see how this year went. We, you never know when you'll be able to get back to a bowl game. So I just wanted to make it count, and I made it count for sure. Frank, at your position or any other position playing college football, I've heard baseball pitchers say this all the time, that they usually know by the third or fourth pitch whether they're going to have a great night or whether it's going to be a struggle. Could the same be said about running backs? Do you know early on whether you're going to have a good game or not? And if, and if so or if not, how do you know? I would, say, I would say this. You'll know if you're going to have a good game, but you don't know if you're going to have a bad game for sure because I feel like I feel like at any one play could flip the whole game narrative of the game so you have to be ready to make that play no matter how bad the game's been going so you but but you know early on if you are going to have a good game yes yeah you'll you'll know by your first couple touches but but is it is it the way that you're performing is it the way that the line begins the game or what what clicks in your head that tells you I'm in for a good night? Uh, I'll say it's the way the O-line's performing, and I'll also say, like, it, the game, when, when, you, when, you're on, when, you, when you're on fire, the game moves so much slower, I'll say. So if you could come out and it's moving slow, you, as, as the game go on, it'll even get slower. So I just feel like that's how you would know. Like, it's hard to explain, really. But yeah. it's like a feeling that you, you have. Yeah, because like also you know, basketball players, when they get a hot hand, you know they'll go, look, get it to me. You know, get it to me. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, in, you, you want to keep shooting? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the zone. You know. So, do you have going forward now? Football becomes a, a a job now, not just you know to get get you through an education. How does that change your perspective now? Um, it just makes it mean so much more. Uh, not that it always it didn't mean a lot to me before, but it just means that much more that I have other people competing with me for this job. This is not a scholarship where you can give it out to more people, but this is a job where everyone wants your job and everyone wants to make six figures, seven figures. So you just have to know what's at stake and how to go about it. Well, we wish you nothing but the best, and we're going to be following you, following you as you get closer to the NFL draft. And we always wish you nothing but the best, and thanks for being the face and feet of Southern Miss for the past, oh, however long you've been here. Frank, thanks again, buddy, for joining us. Thank you. All right, Frank. Thanks, Gord, Frank. Yeah, Frank Gore Jr., everybody. Might, hopefully it won't be the last conversation with him. We'll be talking with Corey Reynolds on the Eagle Hour, West Jones head coach, next. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Frank Gore Jr. joining us on the Eagle Hour today. Great career. 
and uh, he'll be a great ambassador for Southern Miss going forward as he enters the NFL draft. If you missed that interview, it uh, will be up later today on demand, supertalk.fm, and in a plethora of podcasting platforms, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street, located on 4th Street, home of the 995 Lunch. Kelly, big trivia night, right? Uh, Wednesday night, tomorrow night. But what was what was that uh, alliteration you had? A, pluth- a plethora of, of podcasting podcast- platforms. Wow, that's really. So would yeah. you say we have a plethora of podcasting forms? I was there just- is a plethora, and we are upon it. Or yeah, you could say that we are available in a plethora of podcasts. I, I was just platforms. impressed with the alliteration. You know? Yeah. So so let's bring on um, championship Corey Reynolds, the uh, head coach. Of the 6A state champions, the West Jones Mustangs, my alma mater. And, uh, Corey, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. So, um, first ever undefeated season. First ever 6A championship for uh, for West Jones. And got to play it in a college stadium up north, and it was a foggy night. But, uh, yeah, just uh, you, and, you and Oak Grove, the, uh, the Lone South champions. But, man, what a night it was for the Mustangs. Man, it was huge, huge opportunity to us to represent you know jones county in this great community um can't say enough about the coaches players and more important our coaches wise with uh, putting up with us throughout just the regular season then you're in the playoffs for another half of the season and uh, makes makes it tough at home now you got christmas and the holidays coming up and i uh, can't say enough about them and, and with us getting to play and the, the crowd we had there can't can't say enough about it. it was a huge huge opportunity and a huge atmosphere there we uh, we want to you know honor um, our local kids and of course we've covered West Jones all year long on WLAU and you know um, but you're an offensive guy and uh, you've told me this before uh, you just leave your defense alone and you let them do their thing pretty pretty historic um, season for the Mustang defense this year yes it was a special group of kids I think 79 points allowed uh, that's that's huge and. When you, you have a special group like that, you do leave them alone. And, and they were the heart and soul of this team. I've said it several times. They brought the juice every day at practice. They brought it to the to the field in between the white lines on Friday night. And, and they were the heart and soul of the team. It just sparked everything else, and we fed off them. And, and that's how we ended up in Oxford. Kelly? Corey, I wanted to ask you about uh, the expansion of the MHSA went to seven classes uh, this year. Uh, where the number of schools, as schools consolidate, there seem to be fewer and fewer schools, but more and more classifications. And because of that, you know, just about every team, you know, just about every team makes the playoffs. A large percentage of schools make the playoffs. And in my opinion, not picking on any one particular school, a lot of these teams don't need to be in the playoffs. I mean, when they when they go, you know, three and eight, two and nine, whatever, but because they won a couple of games in district, they get to go to the playoffs. Do you have any, any view about that one, one way or the other? It just seems to make the high school season longer and longer, which that's not necessarily good for kids, is it? Well, that's one of those things uh, you heard those older folks say it is what it is. I can remember 1983 when we went to four eight-team regions in 5A and all the, the grumbling griping on it and – um, I know those guys in Jackson, we don't uh, you know, always see eye to eye, but uh, I think they're there for a reason. I think there's some good leadership there at times. and The decisions they make, I, I do believe, is in the best of, for the school. I know sometimes we don't always agree with it. and I think they've got the best interest of the kids in trying to 
and give them opportunity to to be able to play on a, on a high level. And um, this adding a classification did open up the opportunity for more schools to get in by kind of dividing out the the teams in in districts and in regions and kind of caused some issues with us trying to schedule games because now instead of the eight team regions we've got seven already scheduled games every year now we had to find you know two more and they you know, downsized the, the district so there's always good and bad with change um, and it you know now that I'm, I'm getting closer to 50 I feel like those older guys when every time there's change you, you, you kind of Proud and, and not happy with it, but uh, for the kids to have this opportunity that you know they wouldn't have had by you know adding another classification, uh, it, it can't be no positive from them. You know, who knows? We may have a you know team that wins three or four ball games, get hot at the right time, and make a run in the playoffs. Well, you know, look at Laurel. You know, they started out one and five, just a murderous row. You know, pre-schedule that or pre-district schedule that Ryan had, and then they got hot in the playoffs and. You know, made a heck of a run at it, and so I'm I, I'm I'm happy with it right now. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it is. I know we have our athletic directors conference coming up. And we got a lot of things that you know I want to you know discuss and talk about some possible changes and corrections and. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, come, come January. Yeah, because it, it can be problematic. Some schools that are good year in and year out talk to those coaches and athletic directors, and they'll say the problem is now we can't schedule games because nobody wants to play us, mm-hmm. right? When you have a real, and, and I'm sure you're in that boat already, where schools say, no, don't think so. <laughs> don't think we want to play the state champs <laughs> if we don't have to. And that does. That is one of the things that I've been at Oak Road last year when we started the new cycle over. I know Drew had a. It was it was difficult there for a while trying to to get some teams to play, and he had to go out of state and play Hoover. And you know, we were on the phone with some other schools in Alabama and Louisiana, and uh, it's it, it it is tough. It, it does make it more difficult, and, and especially you know if you're picking that you know you don't see those type teams that just really really line up and come at you on offense and really get after you on defense. You really don't want any of that unless you just have to. And um, it, it, it's one of those things I'm, I'm hoping that after this year, you know, they sit down and reevaluate it and, and see how we can make things better. Well, right. in, in just your first year, I don't see I don't see how in the world you don't get at least a $25,000 a year raise. <laughs> that, would, that would be wonderful. I know the other coaches in the county would like that, too. Uh, Kelly's going to make that <laughs> check payable to the West Jones Touchdown Club. Yeah, in, there, you uh, go. there we go. 39443. We're visiting with uh, Corey Reynolds. Uh, West Jones just defeated Grenada this past weekend. 23 to 3 in the 6A championship. Corey, um curious your your take on this. We we with with the portal and with NIL, it seems as if high school seniors and JUCO players, you know, suffer the brunt of that because uh with the with the portal, you got guys that, you know, don't aren't developed as much anymore. How how does how do you approach in that? What's your thoughts about that as a high school coach? Um, right now the district's open up, so we've got a lot of you know the JUCOs coming in that were not in our district. You know, Jones is our district school, so we've got them all from you know Northwest, Northeast, Hines, you know Pearl River. We've had them all you know come by and you know love love seeing those guys. A lot of those guys have known uh, for a long time, and you know that's what I was asking. And then how do you really handle that? You know, and we're just talking about the high school and the, the JUCO kids are the ones that kind of suffer because now these guys are going to these other schools where kids have have already played two or three years and they're kind of more developed and. You know, you're not, you know, building a roster, building a team. It's kind of 
setting you up for what's now, and and that I, now that I don't like. Um, I know with with NIL and and the portal, one's really good. Both of them are, you know, okay. But we don't have any legislation. It's kind of the wild, wild west amongst them right now, and that's that's really really frustrating. I'd hate to be, you know, coaches in those situations where that's what you're depending on, and you know, just there's no rules right now. There's no legislation, and you know, there's money being thrown around, and um, some schools can't afford, some schools can't, and I just really hate it that, you know, the high school kids, you know, it wasn't like it was when we come through and played. Right. Like, you know, and I understand when you can transfer and stuff now, I think there there needs to be some more rules that, you know, we had to sit out if we transferred unless you transferred down. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay with if a coach gets fired or leaves and that's who you – you know, what do you want to play for? And you, you have that opportunity then, but just not not playing or, or not, you know, getting what you think you need and you just want to up and leave. I, I don't like that. Um, I really do hate for our seniors because we got a bunch of them that are being recruited and stuff now. And, you know, a lot of the discussions are, you know, we're waiting to see how the portal goes. Yeah. So, and you, you can't blame those guys either because they're fighting for their jobs and they got to. They got to get those players, and that's going to help them, you know, be successful on Saturdays. And if not, they're going to be looking for jobs too. Kelly, well, uh, is it ridiculous to think, Coach Reynolds, that all that, the, all these ideas would trickle down to the high school level? It's coming. It's, it's coming. You don't, you don't start seeing it for too much longer unless you know somebody goes ahead and, and gets out in front of it, makes some legislation, and either says no or. And I don't think it's good in high school because we're, we're we're trying to develop these guys and try to teach them to be accountable and and go and earn that scholarship to to better your education because at some point in your life football and athletics is going to end whether you play as a professional it's only in one day and what's going to be your life's work after that and right now there's just too much of giving things to younger kids that haven't earned it in my opinion and uh, I think we're just setting a bad precedent right now for the future of our young men Corey um, I know there's been a golden ball riding around with you and uh, going to eat at your your neighbor's houses Uh, holding that 6A trophy has been pretty sweet huh? It has been it's awesome Um, one of those things you dream for your whole life this is year 24 for me and I've been a been blessed to be a part of some great schools, great programs, and boy, that, that was that was as sweet as any any victory, any season I've ever been in. Like I said earlier, it goes back to the the guys that's playing and the, and the coaches yeah. that are coaching. I get to deal with every day. That's what really really makes that sweet. The time and effort they put in. Man, it's fun to, to represent you know West Jones in this area and, and going up there and doing that. Good stuff. Well, man, thanks for your time today. Congratulations again. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Corey Reynolds, head football coach for the West Jones Mustangs. Eagle Hour will close out on a Tuesday right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Corey Reynolds, the head coach of the West Jones Mustangs. 6A state champions in football. Appreciate him joining us. And also congratulations, Coach Drew Causey, the Oak Grove Warriors, for winning the 7A title. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Well, the preseason women's basketball player for the Sun Belt is this week's Sun Belt Player of the Week. 
Dominique Davis, named today as the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week after her 25-point performance in Saturday's win over number 19 Ole Miss. The fourth time in her Southern Miss career that Dom Davis has been selected as the Player of the Week. Kelly, a couple more uh, news updates on the uh, coaching front. Yeah, the coaching carousel continues to turn, and the University of Texas El Paso in Conference USA, of course, former uh, rival of Southern Miss. They were looking for a coach as Dana Dimmel was released, as we thought he, that that would happen about midway through the season when the Miners did not uh, appear to be uh, having the season that it would have taken for him to stay. And lo and behold, former Southern Miss head coach, albeit briefly, Scotty Walden, leaves Austin P to become the new head coach at UTEP. What do you think about that move, Luke? I mean, he'd been really good at Austin P. They went nine and three this year, made it uh, to the first round of the NCAA tournament, uh, twenty six uh, the playoffs, twenty six and fourteen overall. Just UTEP's hard, man. It's yeah. a tough place, and um, you know it's a D one job. And and uh, congratulations to Scotty. I just my thought was that um, you know another year of success at Austin P. And he may get you know a few more opportunities. But congratulations to him. It's a Division one football job. And James Madison is appears is going to be the only school in the Sun Belt, unless John Summerall were to be snatched up from Troy. Right now, James Madison, the only Sun Belt school looking for a head coach, as Kurt Signetti has gone on to the University of Indiana. And as JMU searches for a coach that would bring his team to Hattiesburg next year, if uh, what we're hearing is true. No, we go up there, I think. I think we go up there. I was thinking they go here. Oh well, whatever. We'll know. We'll know soon enough. But but we do know we're going to play the uh, the Monarchs. But as they continue. The Dukes, rather, not the Monarchs. Uh, as they continue to look for a head coach, two names have emerged. Rutgers defensive coordinator Joe Harasamayak, uh, who's the D.C. of Rutgers. Job. Good job, man. Oh, On thank that. you. Yeah, Harasamayak. <laughs> not an easy name, but he's got some ties to JMU. But another name to watch out for is Holy Cross head coach Bob Chesney. Now, Bob Chesney, a lot of younger football fans love this guy from Holy Cross. He's He's got like a winning... He's won like 141 games and lost like 40 games. He got just an unbelievable winning record at uh, at Holy Cross. Now it's a it's a small school. It's a blue blood school, you know, up there in the north. So you, you really don't know how that would translate into a bigger Division One further south. But you can't argue with the record that Bob Chesney has put together at Holy Cross. So those are the two names that James Madison appear to be looking at right now. But uh, other schools, of course, in the mix, but they're not Sunbelt, so we won't worry about it. Uh, Do you right know now. where uh, Holy Cross is located? I don't, actually. Is it in New York somewhere? Culpmont, Pennsylvania. Oh, what? Yeah. Culpmont? Culpmont. K U L P M O N T. Is that one word? Yeah, one word. Culpmont. Cul- Learn something it could every be day. Culpmont. Sounds just has a P on it. All right. Uh, 12 Sunbelt teams make bowl games. We didn't talk about this yesterday. Let's run through them real quick. Um, next weekend, week from Saturday, three games. And, again, this is uh, where we have fun talking about the sponsors. <laughs> yeah, that we can't Georgia out. Southern takes on Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Jacksonville State takes on the uh, Raging Cajuns in the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Both of those teams will be on the Southern Miss schedule next year. Miami of Ohio take on App State at the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Monday, December 18th, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion in the famous Toastery Bowl. 
Tuesday, December 19th, my mother's birthday, UTSA against Marshall in the Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl. Two days before Christmas on Saturday, December 23rd, a bunch of games. Troy and Duke in the 76 Birmingham Bowl. Arkansas State and Northern Illinois in the Camellia Bowl. Thanks for making it easy, Camellia Bowl. James Madison and Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Georgia State, Utah State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. South Al and Eastern Michigan in the 68 Ventures Bowl. And Coastal Carolina and San Jose State in the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Last game for the Sun Belt, the day after Christmas, Texas State and Rice in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Twelve Sun Belt teams. There's some good, some decent matchups in there too. Yeah, there are. I, I like a couple of those uh, that that you mentioned. But but one of the names, the avocados from Mexico ball. Now, yeah, how would you know that an avocado is from Mexico or not from Mexico? I don't it, know. It, it will be a good game, Miami Ohio against App. App's a five and a half point favorite to do that. Hey, we're actually going to have a consolation pick them. Um, in honor of me, who picked Southern Miss 12 weeks in a row, Michael will be involved in that as well. And, who, who picks uh, the Bears 12 weeks in a row. Yeah, we all lost last night, so so Getty didn't hit his uh, the same age with his wins. He, he finishes at 89 wins. Yeah, but I'm proud of the Bengals, man, hanging in there. It was a great game by backup quarterbacks. Seems like every team in the league now is starting a backup quarterback because of injury. Juan Cardona on tomorrow. We'll have a few more guests uh, for you, Kelly, Michael, and myself back tomorrow. We'll see you then. And as always, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.